Hello, 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 everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in to Straight Talk with Dr. Sharmi Pratt. I am your host, Dr. Sharmi Pratt, and today I have in the studio with me Miss Jessica Randall. Today we are going to be discussing how to let go of fear and anxiety. But before we get into that, I would like to give Jessica a moment to say hello and to tell us a little bit about herself. Jessica, thank you so much for tuning in with us. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Yes, so a little bit about myself. I am actually a teen mother. So I had my daughter at 17, my son at 19, uh, you know, had, had a pretty rough childhood and was able to overcome that and you know, go on to get my education in the legal field. I am currently a paralegal, um, but I've done a lot of self-study due to my background on mental health and emotional health and intelligence. And so the, the mental and physical health world is, is tremendously important to me and, and something that is very, uh, very heavy on my heart for for God's people. Wow, that is that's so wonderful. Uh, let me just say this because I do understand and know that so many, uh, even today, and many that will even tune in um, to the podcast may have found themselves in situations where they were teen parents and I love the fact how you said but I overcame I overcame Mm -hmm. I overcame the trauma uh the mental um things that I had to go through in my life as a child and I right now am a paralegal I I'm um doing things uh that many people may have not even thought I'm quite sure was possible for you just concerning your Mm -hmm. upbringing and even the mental stress that you had to endure. I love the fact that you are a mental health advocate. Just let me say that. I love that because a lot of times we don't understand how we need right the whole concept of our minds being renewed and transformed in order to see the things that we need to see and so our topic today is how to let go of fear and anxiety and just to Mm -hmm. hear just what you shared so far the fact of being a teen mother and the fact of being you know an individual that may have wrestled with uh, mental uh, just uh, oppression or even mental um depression, whatever it is, I know that there had to be times of fear and anxiety that you may have endured. And so can you just Mm -hmm. take a moment before we just jump into all of this to kind of give people a backdrop of how do you define fear? Yeah, so essentially kind of my background in growing up, uh, I personally would define fear as, uh, you know, it's a form of uncertainty. Mm -hmm. Uh, there, it comes quite often when we don't have an understanding or a clear picture of what might be in front of us, you know, depending on, 
on the circumstance where the fear is arising from, mm-hmm. it, most of the time it's coming from a place of unknown. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I think that is is the central idea of what what I believe fear to be. Right. Okay. And so, just being uncertain or unknown, you know, I heard someone say that uh, before that fear is uh, false evidence that appears to be real. Uh, and exactly. so you take on a mindset or a state of panic that causes you to believe that something is there or something may happen. And reality, you're uh, okay. Now, let, let me just say this. Mm-hmm. Fear is a real emotion. It is very real and just dependent on the individual that's having uh, the moments of fear depends on how real that thing becomes. Um, When you talk about the dynamics of how to let go of fear and even anxiety. So let's talk about Mm -hmm. that. What would you kind of define anxiety as in your own words? Um, Well, so just to speak a little bit about uh, what you mentioned, like, like you said, we all have fear and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so it's natural. And it, a certain amount of either can be healthy, you know, it can keep us safe from from certain circumstances, or whatever. So when I, when I personally think about anxiety, I'm thinking about a, an unhealthy level, the level of anxiousness, that causes debilitating behaviors or even behaviors that can steer you from, you know, making clear decisions or, or beneficial decisions. Um, and so anxiety is, is the feeling of almost like the manifestation mm-hmm. of too much fear oh, okay. where now you're feeling almost like symptoms and depending on the person they can manifest with like maybe you feel like you can't breathe maybe your heart races your adrenaline starts to dump uh and anxiety is something that can uh transform so if you if you've conquered a certain symptom of anxiety let's say let's say i feel like i can't breathe but I'm in this process of healing and I'm trying to overcome the anxiety. And then I, I figure out, you know, how to manage that symptom and my brain can actually like subconsciously manifest a new symptom where all of a sudden I'm feeling, I'm feeling pain in my legs. And so I think that there's something wrong with me because all of a sudden I'm just having this pain in my legs. I go to the doctors, they're telling me nothing's wrong. So you can feel physical symptoms from anxiety. Does that answer your question? That really does. And that was really (laughs) good. Like, seriously, um, that was good. I want to just piggyback off of what you just said, and I want you to jump in here with it because you just said that, you can actually manifest. I love how you use that mm-hmm. word. Ma- uh, fear is manifestation. I mean, manif- you know, anxiety is our exactly. manifestation mm-hmm. of fear. 
And mm-hmm. then you begin to go on and you begin to talk about the dynamic of different symptoms that an individual may experience just from the manifestation of them dealing with the anxiety and the fear mm-hmm. kicks in. And next thing you know, all of the your brain is uh, sending waves and your body begin to react to those certain chemicals that are being released. And now you mm-hmm. feel pain here or you feel pain there and you say you go to the doctor and guess what happens they find absolutely nothing Mm -hmm. and so I want to ask you a question Mm -hmm. how could an individual who may be experiencing these particular dynamics understand that nothing is uh, actually wrong with them but they have to learn how to just manage the fear or the anxiety that kicks in yes so uh, it's that's such a difficult question to answer because obviously like no no two people's brains are going to function the same right and so our like our thought processes and our different life experiences can can kind of compound things for us or or make things easier to understand and so for someone who's like more emotional and more emotionally driven, it, it might take, they might need a different avenue. For me personally, it took me going to counseling and having them break things down as far as like my cognitive function, how thoughts are formed, what's happening in my brain, what chemicals are being uh, ignited or, or diminished by certain responses and uh, just understanding that, you know, the feelings precipitate or or the the thoughts precipitate the feelings and then it's a snowball effect. So for me, grasping the fact that even when I didn't recognize a thought, that there was a triggering thought. And then once the thought was triggered, that's when my physical responses were happening. Because a lot of times when you're having anxiety, you don't, you don't know that it's something that was triggered. To you, it might feel like, like something just happened. Like you're, you just have these symptoms. Like I never thought that like, uh, for, for instance, like, you know, somebody, somebody said let's say somebody said something to me and that was a triggering action for me. But in the heat of the moment, I didn't recognize, I didn't have the capacity to recognize that that, what that person said triggered my anxiety. I just know that I'm feeling anxiety and I'm not comfortable in this situation and I need to get to my comfort zone. And so uh, to, to be able to cognitively recognize that there was a trigger and that it wasn't just something wrong with my body. Um, That honestly, that brought me a lot of breakthrough and it got to the point where my counselor told me to just kind of like, go, go ahead and, and, and let yourself have an anxiety attack. Next time you feel one coming on, just, just embrace it, let it happen. Uh, Because a lot of times with people who have anxiety, there's a fear of, something worse or some something more severe dooming 
and uh, I, I know I had a lot of fear regarding death, and because mine were very severe, I uh, would have complete panic attacks where I was admitted to the ER um, from my adrenaline dumping, and so, you know, obviously I didn't know what was going on, so I'm just sitting there, and all of a sudden my body literally just starts convulsing. Um, so just, just grasping all of that and embracing it and allowing it to happen and recognizing that it's not going to kill you. It's not going to end your life. You know, mm -hmm. tomorrow is going to come. Mm -hmm. It's not the end of the world. A lot of people go through this. Uh -huh. Um, you know, you're not alone. There's a lot of things that, that you can tell yourself when you're suffering so severely in your mind. It, it is a very, you know, alone feeling. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, were you, were you going to say something? Mm -mm, go ahead. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So for me, it took me recognizing all of that and embracing that and, and being able to then from that point actually find coping mechanisms. And it was easier to find smaller steps. I wrote poetry a lot as a teenager. And so my counselor suggested me writing a, poet, a poem about it that I could recite to myself to kind of like, you know, calm myself down. So there's, there's all kinds of tools and tricks that we can use honestly, because anxiety is our own brains almost tricking ourselves. So, you know, you can, in this circumstance, you can fight fire with fire and, and try to trick your brain into the right course and back on track to where you're not afraid of this thing called anxiety. Let me ask you a question, um, because you said something that I know that people out there may be listening and they may like, okay, she said this, but how do you know this? You said um, one of the things that you needed to learn how to do or you were taught how to do was understand when how a thought is being formed, right? Mm -hmm. I thought that was really key because a lot of people don't even realize the dynamics of how important the way that they think really is. Mm. Many people believe that uh, whatever thought that comes to them is something that they just have to endure or live with or this mm. is just what happens and this is just how life is. But mm -hmm. in reality what began to define those particular thought patterns was a lot of what we experienced in life. And those experiences began to cause those particular patterns to transform or become mm -hmm. alive for us. And now mm -hmm. we begin to live life based on the patterns that were set before us with our thinking. Um, yes. So, what would you tell us that can help us to understand how our thoughts formed? Yeah. So like you mentioned, uh, our, our upbringing and, you know, what we experience through life can have a tendency to 
form what are referred to sometimes as automatic thoughts. And unfortunately, as human beings, uh, we have a tendency to just form more automatic negative thoughts. But uh, when, a, when a thought comes into our head, we actually do have the ability to like take that thought captive and evaluate it and say, is, is this thought going to serve me or is it going to hurt me in the long run? Is it, is it a positive thought or is this a negative thought? And um, there's something called cognitive behavioral therapy that is very popular and, and very, it's a very easy concept to grasp if you are wanting to kind of figure out how to navigate your own thoughts and see if they're healthy or not. Um, so I would encourage people to, to look into that for themselves and, uh, or, you know, they can find like a cognitive behavioral therapist who can walk them through that process of capturing their thoughts and uh, deciding whether or not it's healthy for them because your, your thoughts, you have so many fleeting thoughts in a day, but it's the ones that you ruminate on that are committed to your long-term memory that actually end up shaping the form of your brain, and those become your automated thought patterns. So it, it can take time, but you can actually, you know, cultivate your own thoughts to become a better thinker and have healthier thought patterns and actually thrive in your own mind. That's good. Now, I want to ask you another question because I want you to give us an example um, because mm -hmm. even as people will hear the podcast and they will begin to say, okay, that makes sense, but um, I don't necessarily want to go to a therapist because Oh, oh I, I don't want to go to a counselor because, you know, mm -hmm. some people think that going to a therapist or a counselor defines them as being oh. mentally unstable or mentally ill or whatever you ha whatever have it. And mm -hmm. so one of the things that I want to ask you, uh, because the it seems as if this is something that you have experienced because you said that you had to you went to a cognitive mm -hmm. therapist. And so could you explain to us a technique or something that your therapist took you through to help you to be able to regain control over the fear of death? Because I heard you say death was a really big one for you. So what mm -hmm. is what was one of the tools or strategies that she gave you that you may still be practicing now uh, to help you mm -hmm. not to go into that mode of fear about death? So, mm -hmm. Jeff, could you give us an example of that? I absolutely can, yeah. Um, but first, I would like to encourage anybody who might be feeling like they don't want to go to a counselor because you know, of the stigma or that, you know, it, it might define them in some type of way. Uh, we all go to the dentist and it's typically preventative care. You know, we go for our annual checkups and seeing a counselor and our mind is no different. It's, 
like our mind is such an intricate place and we're just starting to really understand how it works and, and be able to, to do these types of things. And uh, so I, I, I definitely want to encourage anybody um, to maybe, maybe rethink that if, if that's something that they struggle with. But for, uh, for the example, I can use, um, so one of the tools she gave me was actually like, I can't, I honestly, I can't even remember the thoughts that I would have surrounding that anymore. But uh, like, if I had a thought of, you know, oh, I'm feeling, I'm feeling, my heart feels like it's fluttering. And something's wrong. I just know something's wrong. My heart's fluttering. And then it spirals into, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. I'm probably going to die. My heart's fluttering because I'm going to die. One of the tools that she would tell me to use would be, first of all, if you, if you said this out loud to your best friend, what do you think your best friend's response would be? So you just kind of, she would kind of help me take myself out of my own head. And I would, I would have to sit there and practice and say, okay, like if I told my friend that my heart felt like it was beating too fast, I think I'm going to die. My friend would probably tell me that it's, it's just the anxiety. It's not going to hurt me and I'm not going to die that everything's okay. And a lot of times that alone, you know, once I got to that, that process where I could, you know, calm down enough to, to speak to myself that way, a lot of times that would just knock it right out. And I would still have the anxious feeling, but the panic would go away. Mm. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That that makes sense. And so it's not that the feeling left, but the panic that you were literally uh, in danger will leave. Mm-hmm. And so yes. once you're able to um, pull yourself to a place to understand mentally that I'm okay, mm-hmm. I'm not in any, any immediate danger, Um, and so basically if I hear you correctly, there were techniques and tools that you basically learned strategies, if you will, that made you come to a place where you were able to calm yourself down because one of the things that fear, because of the fact that the whole dynamic of fear, uh, running rapid, just like it does is it makes you feel like you need to either run, you either need to freeze up or you Mm -hmm. need to fight at the moment. And we are talking about the dynamics of fear, how to um, basically let go of the fear and anxiety that may comes up in our lives. And again, it's not that we don't get these emotions or these feelings it's just that we have to learn how to handle or gauge them when they happen because I like in the beginning how you said 
it can, you know, fear can also be healthy. You know, that's why mm-hmm. fear is in that, that, that emotional state of the amygdala of the brain. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I love about, you know, just how you brung it out was, but it can also be unhealthy if it's left or even if it's in an environment that was not healthy, then that fear and that anxiety can be very unhealthy for you. Mm -hmm. It depends on how the brain is wired to operate. I also Mm -hmm. like how you said each, each person is different. No one brain is the same. Mm -hmm. I love that. But I do understand that although no one brain is the same, there are still ways that we can really bring ourselves to gain mind control and recreate the gray matter that's lost in the brain due to the negative thinking that many of us process through, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, it's something, though, when we're talking about the dynamics of the fear that that grabs a hold to us and not really coming to a place where we understand how to navigate through it. And mm-hmm. you said, Jessica, that I overcame. And so yeah. you said that therapy was uh, a part of you overcoming. Are there any other things that you use, any other strategies or any other things that you start grabbing a hold to to help you even shift your mind to such a place where you found yourself overcoming day by day? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, so like we talked about, I did, I did do the counseling and I was given, I was given the tools that I needed, um, to feel like I could kind of, you know, manage things on my own, but the day-to-day process after that still, it still took work because for me, you know, just experiencing that severe of anxiety, you know, you want it to completely be gone. You don't want to feel anxiety ever again. You don't want to feel anxious ever again. You don't want to feel fear ever again. So anytime I would feel even small amounts of it, it would make me very uncomfortable. And I, and for a long time, I was always afraid that I might slip back into the severe anxiety and severe panic attacks. So walking through that and trying to let go of this idea that I was going to be like completely immune to fear or anxiety um, and, and start to feel comfortable again with healthy levels of fear and anxiety, um, it, it took time. And so I honestly, I continued to just kind of like research things on my own I I just really during that time I really found the brain fascinating and so it it honestly it made me more comfortable with myself to know how my own brain worked and the the inner workings of the human mind and I think it also helped me you know relationally and connect with people and and my emotional intelligence just to know how the human mind works. So I found that, I found that very comforting and it was something that I, I still practice 
um, to this day and just any, any time I can, you know, learn about the mind or something that could help me a tool of some sort, um, go through life and, uh, share with other people, sharing with other people honestly helps as well. So that's good. Um, I want to ask you another question because you, you, you're basically um, getting into the dynamics of mind mastery and learning how to master what masters us. And mm-hmm. many people don't understand that what master them is their thought patterns, the way that they think. Right. Right. And because we don't even recognize that because um, you said something else, you said something um, that I thought was key to when you're talked about um how we have to learn that uh, even when the thoughts um, are coming, that we have thoughts that are not even recognized. We don't even know, basically, that we're having thoughts, right? And mm-hmm. so you call this automatic thoughts. And so mm-hmm. how can you help an undiv- individual understand about their automatic thoughts and how to gain control over those automatic thoughts, those thoughts that you don't even recognize that you're thinking? Because you brought up mm-hmm. something, Jessica, that was really key when you said you can be in a situation or talking to somebody and they can trigger something and don't even rig- recognize or even know mm-hmm. that they just triggered something on the inside of you. And mm-hmm. then that individual, gets into a panic or a state a emotional place and before you know it here comes the panic and anxiety mm-hmm. yeah so for me um it, to oh, those automatic thoughts you know they start forming at the beginning of our life so as soon as we have thoughts automatic thoughts start forming so those can be very, those can be a challenge. But for me, it, it took examining each situation where I started having anxiety. So like I mentioned, I, I did poetry a lot um, in my youth. And so that turned into journaling. So I would have to journal things and, and write things out and like, really go back and look at the situation and think about what was said. And uh, eventually I started seeing patterns or, you know, realized that, oh, this person said that. And now that I'm thinking about it, it reminds me of this situation that I went through as a child. And that made me very uncomfortable. And you'll, and you'll notice that when you find those thoughts and those triggers, that the same emotion that you felt in the moment will start to to like rise back up. And I would be like, okay, there's my trigger. Now we can focus on that and and look at that. And And then you have to kind of like rewrite your script. So your emotions, um, that are tied to certain memories mm-hmm. can cause you to feel certain ways, but you are in control of your emotions. Mm-hmm. You're in control of your thoughts. So if you have a negative emotion tied to a memory, 
you actually have the capacity to rewrite that story or like edit your script, as my counselor said. Um, and so walking back through it and deciding, you know, your new narrative and your emotional tie towards that scenario is how you can um, find triggers and, and overcome them. That's good. That's good. This has been really great. Um, the fact that helping people to learn how to number one, recognize their triggers and number two, to overcome the things in this case, the fear and anxiety that seems so readily that wants to master us on a day to day basis. And Mm -hmm. for those that will tune in, I just want you all out there to know that it is possible to really let go of fear and anxiety. But as Jessica was just stating, there are tools and strategies that you are going to have to use along the way. And listen, counselors and therapists and even psychiatrists, they are Mm -hmm. a great help to the world. They really are. Um, because they help us to understand some things that we don't necessarily understand, right? And Mm -hmm. so, Jessica, I thank you so much for joining us today on Straight Talk with Dr. Sharmi Pratt. I want you to take the last uh, few minutes to just let people know how can they get in touch with you if they would like to reach out to you. Yes, thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Uh, I love your heart for everybody and and what you're doing. So if anybody wanted to reach out to me and have further discussions on this, find resources or um, kind of look at their life and build some type of strategy to, to overcome any hurdles that they're feeling, my Instagram handle is at Okay, just the letter O and K underscore lady underscore J. And then my email is okay period lady period J at gmail.com. Thank you again, Jessica, for joining me today for Straight Talk with Dr. Sharmi Pratt. And for all of you out there, we look forward to seeing you next time. Have a wonderful day.